WinBet is now live in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, and Virginia. And the excitement of Win Las Vegas has finally landed in online sports betting and casino play. From boosted parlays to live in-game offs on every major sport, WinBet gives you the tools to win. Sign up today for your risk-free $1,000 sports bet. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com to start winning. What's going on, Colts Nation? Welcome back to another episode of the Bring the Juice Colts podcast. Today we're going to be doing a Q&A based off of questions that you guys had for us. We're going to answer a couple of them tonight. Uh, my good friend Lawrence Owen, Mr. Colts Law himself with the really nice jacket on right now. Wow. Uh, how are you doing, my friend? Cold. <laughs> feel like I'm in New England. Uh, I <laughs> well, wish I, I mean, was so I could rub a little, you know, salt. <laughs> yeah, but oh well. Yeah, <laughs> oh man, we, we're we're gonna we're gonna have fun with that. Even if the Colts do absolutely nothing the rest of the year, we get to say we at least beat the Patriots. Colts fans will be happy for a long time. At least let's not make let's, let's let's not make this our Super Bowl. All right, we've had a different Super Bowl to go to this year. Yeah, let, let, let's let, let's just. Let's just all right, all right. So 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 we we exercised a twelve year demon. That's yeah. that's what we did. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> all right. So we had a couple of questions from everyone here. Uh, well, we obviously didn't get all of them, but we got a couple here that could go in handy. So first question that we have here, and Lawrence, we'll start with you on this one. We got one from Nathan Barnhart here saying. Do you think that the cornerbacks that have been stepping up as of late, meaning primarily Rocky Asin and Isaiah Rogers, can they both play well enough into January to cover up the Colts' lack of pass rush against quality teams in the playoffs? Honestly, uh, I've been seeing our pass rush get a lot better um, over the last few games. Uh I, I know Tom Brady was uh, never comfortable in the pro- pocket. Mac Jones generally wasn't all that comfortable in the pocket. I, I think our pass rush isn't doing too bad, but both of our both of our units right now are feeding off each other. Uh, yes, our young guys, uh, Rock, um, he's he's doing fantastic this year, uh, as well as um, Kenny Morris came back. Because Kenny Moore didn't start the season off very well. He came back and is playing very, very good football. Back the way we're used to seeing Rock's playing top guy. I think Rock's playing good enough to be a, a CB1 right now. No one's throwing in his direction because he's blanketing receivers. Yeah. And and Rodgers, Rodgers still makes mistakes occasionally. But that's to be expected with his youth. You know, we, yeah. we we still seen a lot of that with with Rocky Sin and his youth and, and and trying to 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 lock down that position. And the NFL is a different animal than college. Yes. Um. So yeah, I, I do believe so. I believe that with the health of our defense coming back around, we're we're going to see a lot more in the past defense than what we normally did 
against against the Patriots, we did such a good job uh, right up to the fourth quarter until the Colts went soft. You know, they they did again went soft in the fourth quarter. Yes, but they were up twenty to nothing, and the idea was. Make, make them take a you know long time to get down the field and, and and that kind of stuff. Minus that that Rogers, in my opinion, that was a slip up on Rogers where, where that big pass down to Nikhil Harry uh, that ended up being a touchdown later on in that game. Other than that, I thought our cornerbacks played absolutely phenomenal. Yeah, I mean we've seen it all throughout the last six weeks. I mean, how many times? has an opposing team come in with a fantastic receiver. You know, Buffalo Bills, Stephon Diggs. I mean, Diggs had two touchdowns in that game, but he only had four catches for like 40 yards. It wasn't mm-hmm. like he was t- taking the top off a of defense. I mean, Tampa Bay, didn't Godwin and Evans combine for like 50 yards together? I mean, yeah. you're looking at it. The weakness of the Colts' defense is the inability to protect against tight ends in the middle of the field. That's the biggest issue right now. Our corners are pretty much locked down right now on the receivers. So to answer the question, yeah, I think the corners are not going to be the big issue here. I think the biggest issue is still our inability to cover tight ends. And And that's not a personnel thing. Yeah. Covering tight ends, our, our scheme has holes that are specifically meant right up the middle for those tight ends, those seam runs yeah. and stuff by tight ends. So that's not even a personnel issue. That's just, you know, other teams taking advantage of our scheme. Yep, absolutely. And it's uh, it's going to be scary too because when, uh, when the playoffs do come around, you know, you look at some of the teams like, you know, if the Baltimore Ravens get in, Mark Andrews, Travis Kelsey – uh, and John o. Smith, Hunter Henry, who you might have to face again. You know, these tight ends in the AFC, they're all freaking good. And mm-hmm. it's going to be scary to see uh, if the Colts can find a way to slow those down because that would be I, a big question. I personally, as a Colts fan, I don't know about you, but I would rather see a Kelsey or, you know, a Hunter Henry or or someone like that get 80 to 100 yards and a touchdown then have a complete inability to shut down like the the main wide receivers, you know, like yeah. Hill and Diggs and all these guys. Yeah I'd, yeah, I'd rather see the wide receivers locked down. Yeah, absolutely. I would agree too. All right, let's go to the next one here from Keith Childers here. Uh, is Bubba Ventron a time traveler from the future or is he just that damn good at his job? <laughs> what do you think, Lawrence? Bubba's that good at his job, okay? Bubba Bubba sits there and he studies film hard, just like any other coach that we have. He studies those films so hard, and he looks for areas that the Colts can exploit. There's a reason why the Colts have such good special teams players, because Bubba takes what he sees on, on, on film and he uses whatever the ability is of these players, whether it's um, Odom, whether mm-hmm. it's Franklin, whether, you know, Adams, you know, like we yeah. talked about, uh, EJ Speed, they're used in these special teams to make plays. And I saw a tweet uh, earlier today saying, 
that the Patriots really only allowed the Colts to score 13 points until about three minutes left in the game because you can't count a blocked punt returned for a touchdown. And I'm like, since when? Since when? It's since still, when? It's That's, there's a reason why you have offense, defense, and special teams. It frustrates the heck out of me that people just look at special teams and just blow it off like it's not important, right? And go tell that to Bill Belichick, who was a special teams coach and puts a huge emphasis on that. And you're, and the person tweeting this was a Patriots fan, so I was like, you don't know what in the world you're talking about. Right. right? <laughs> uh, right. Yeah. Uh, th- that's the second block punt return for a touchdown the Colts have had this year. It's it, it's just like, well, you can't expect a forced fumble in a game. When it happens over and over and over, and it, it, it starts to become part of a plan, right? right. Bubba Patron, he sees what uh, he sees things on the film, and he goes out and, and and he has his guys execute specific ways in order to make things happen. So expect something on special teams every game. You know, it, it, it's part of why the Colts are as good as they are because they are solid in all three phases. Of the yeah, game. you're right. I mean, it is for special teams. I don't think outside of maybe the Tampa game this year that there was one time that the special teams for the Colts didn't beat the opposing team. I mean, every time, I mean, there's either a turnover or the Colts win uh, the possession of the field. They're winning the kickoff and the kick return and they're winning the, the field goals made, you know, all of these things are so important and you know everyone talks about the offense and everything else but it's like how many games come down to special teams I mean really when you look at it I mean seriously if the Colts didn't have that block punt yesterday then yeah we probably might have been talking about a different outcome you know it it's or a closer maybe, game anyhow right yeah, at least a closer game even closer than what it was I mean it was it, it's just the fact that it swings momentum so much. I mean, mm-hmm. it really does. Nothing is more demoralizing than a blocked punt that gets returned for a touchdown for a team. It's so demoralizing more than anything else because for a lot of those guys on the field, those are the only snaps they get. And then to have one of them be a demise to your team, you know, that's never what you want to have happen. So you're yep. right. I think in hard knocks, I believe it was hard knocks, Ventrome was uh, – showing like the special teams, the uh, punt team, showing them like where Jacksonville is weak and where they block. And then that was exactly where it was that they blocked that punt at. And it was so beautiful because it's like he called it. He called it and it happened. So Ventrone definitely deserves some credit there. All right. So Diane, this next one, don't you believe that they could have used T.Y.? a bit more, especially after Pitt was no longer available. I'll go first on this one. I don't know. It's been weird to me how there's been so little usage of of a T.Y. Hilton over the last, you know, over the whole season, really. You know, outside of that Houston game, the first one, you know, I mean, T.Y. really hasn't been a big part of the offense. Had only one catch in the game last week, but – you know, it was a very big one. It was a 20-yard catch. I mean, it was a good way to move down the field in that instance. But, I mean, obviously, 
we all as Colts fans recognize the difference in what Michael Pittman is versus what T.Y. Hilton is, what Pittman can provide you is at this point, it is a much bigger difference than what it was to start out. But yeah, I mean, it is surprising how little they have used T.Y. Hilton in a lot of different ways. You know, I mean, they we've been saying it for a while that, you know, outside of Michael Pittman, this wide receiver core is kind of, it's kind of hit or miss, you know, in a lot of different ways. And, you know, I always thought, you know, T.Y. Hilton's healthy now. I'm surprised they don't use him. But then again, you know, you see the Colts offense now utilizing the run a lot more often. Receivers are not getting thrown to as much as they normally are. Of course, that affects everyone. That affects Pittman as well. Pittman's not getting the numbers that he previously was because they're now utilizing the run game a whole lot more. I don't know if you see it a different way. I mean, I just really haven't looked at much of the film. I don't know how much teams are trying to put emphasis on T.Y., even though I don't really think they do much with that. But I, I, I don't know. I'm surprised, honestly, they haven't used him more. Well, you know, first off, look at it as, you know, T.Y. basically has been hurt uh, all, this year all the way up to week 10, right? So that's like two-thirds of your – over half of your season is gone. T.Y. Hilton unable to be out there on the field. Because remember, Carson Wentz missed all the preseason and, and training camp. And then T.Y. Hilton gets hurt, and he misses all the way up to Week 10. So basically, Wentz and Hilton has had no time to sit there and get a connection down uh, until about Week 10 when he came back from injury. At that point, it's been the Jonathan Taylor show ever since then, right? And when your main goal is to run the football, you want big, strong receivers out there that are going to be effective at run blocking is why you're going to see a lot more Michael Pittman, a lot more uh, Zach Pascal, a lot more Ashton Doolin, and then, of course, your three tight end sets as well, maybe even an extra running back. The role of T.Y. Hilton, while we're in a run mode, drops significantly on the field, and that's that's probably has a lot to do with it. After Michael Pittman gets kicked out the game, at that point, I mean, we saw some T.Y. Hilton in that uh, a couple times, you know, uh, be before he got kicked out of the game. But after that game, you started seeing a lot of jumbo packages, a lot of three tied in packages with, with big receivers like um, Pascal and Doolin out there. And, you know, you could tell Frank Reich's objective at that point was we're going to run the ball, we're going to eat clock, and we're going to wear this defense down, and we're just going to impose our will on them. And at that point, T.Y., for the most part, isn't part of that package, you know? So that, that I think that's why that happens. There's going to be games where T.Y. is going to be involved a lot more in rather than that. Um, it, it, it hasn't happened a lot this year where the Colts find themselves, you know, down or in a shootout with another team. Generally, the Colts have been up you know, in the first half of games. So they can run the football a lot more. You don't see as much T.Y. There will be games where T.Y. is going to be able to play. We're going to end up facing teams like, you know, like you said earlier, the Chiefs and stuff like that, where we're going to have to throw the ball a little bit more and T.Y. is going to get his. Gotcha. And also, I want to mention this now. I hate to go off on a tangent here, but I have to mention this because it just got brought up to me in my own head here. I wanted to give a shout out to you, actually, 
because for this reason. So I'm going back to the Jonathan Taylor run yesterday or Saturday. Mm-hmm. I'm going back to that. And there was one specific block made by a specific individual on that play that's not getting talked about that much because we're all talking about the offensive linemen here. And you had an affinity for telling a lot of people on Colts Twitter, especially when we drafted this guy, that this guy was actually a much better blocker than what a lot of people gave him credit for. And you already know who I'm talking about. That's Kylan Granson. Now, he was the one that set that edge on Collins on that outside. He was all alone, all by himself out there. That helped create that lane, that space for Jonathan Taylor to do his. And then obviously Eric Fisher making that move on the other side. I just wanted to give a quick shout out to you because I rewatched it and I saw that was Granson. And because I had somebody on Twitter today that was telling me that was Doyle. And then I reminded myself, said, no, that was Granson that made that block. Like we think of Molly Cox or Jack Doyle doing those kinds of blocks. But I gotta give a shout out to you because Granson is absolutely just living up to your word. And he has been blocking very well. I mean, I've seen a lot of times where the Colts are doing the triple tight end package, feeling confident enough in Granson to be able to make those blocks on the edge. So I got to give shout out to you, man. Granson made one of the biggest blocks on the biggest play of the day. And I, I just had, it reminded me of you. <laughs> well, I mean, I appreciate that. That Granson's the guy that was out on the field doing it. So, um, yeah, he. Uh, I just, I just say what I, I see on film. You know, he's he he's out there busting his butt, and some people just don't happen to notice things. You know, yep. they, they 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 don't see that he's actually an efficient blocker, and he is. He really, he really, really is. He he's not at the proficiency that Jack Doyle's at. Right. I'm not gonna put. There ain't many tight ends out there that are. Okay, but he's a rookie. He's got time to improve even more, you know, so give the guy some time. I think that he'll he'll be a a, a good long term Colt uh, if he just keeps on improving uh, week after week, year after year as he's here with the Indianapolis Colts. Absolutely. Are you finally ready to win money and boost your odds? WinBet is now live in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee and Virginia. The excitement of when Las Vegas has finally landed in online sports betting and casino play. Get exclusive rewards right at your fingertips. Get in on the action with your favorite teams and players from the NFL, MLB, NHL, gold, MMA, WNBA, college football, and more. Right now at WinBet, you can find great promos, odds, and payouts from boosted parlays to live in-game offs on every major sport. WinBet gives you the tools to win. Sign up today for your risk-free $1,000 sports bet. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com to start winning. Offer subject to change. Terms and conditions at winbet.com. Must be 21 or older and present in a state where play-through WinBet is available. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. All right, so let's go to the next one. Uh, Yogi One Kenobi here. Saying what's the best and the worst thing oh, wow. about this team uh, as a whole right now? Oh my! Uh, there's a there's a lot. 
there is a obviously uh, the physicality. I think is the best team, best thing about this team. The physicality overall, all, everywhere, ever all in, in all yeah. phases of the game. This team is just a physical team, maybe the most physical team in football. Yes, over Tampa Bay. Yes, yes. over the Ravens, over the Patriots. You know, I think they are the most physical. The Colts just did to New England what New England did to Buffalo, and we did it better than what they did. You know, so I think that you know, I I, I believe that that's and it's a weird thing to say because we couldn't say that before, and during the Manning and Luck eras, we were never around. Mm-hmm. We're a physical team, let alone the most physical yeah. team in the NFL. We weren't even considered a physical team by our own standards. You know, we were a finesse team. Andrew Luck, sure, man, yes. as a, for a quarterback, he was a physical quarterback. But as a team as a whole, that just wasn't that physical. So. Yeah. Yeah. Defensively yeah. from the Luck and now, era, yeah, they, yes, they were, they were we, we got light players that play big. You know, they play like big players. They're, they're out there. They know how. They know how to lay mm-hmm. their pads on people and and, and do stuff. Uh, the run game, uh, everybody on that offense. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Shout out to Sadeho. So hard, so hard on Sinejo one of them. Laying the wood down on some of those while, receivers. Right? Uh, yeah, I know, right? Yeah, a, a lot of <laughs> people talk earlier in year about Sadeho I mean, about geez. how awful he was. I was like, just give him a little bit of time. He hasn't had a lot of actual live game play right he's been around the league for a while but not a lot of live game play and i was like just give him time in the coverage he is a monster coming downhill though when it comes to tackling he is a monster oh yeah he he comes to destroy and that's why the colts play him because if anything else as long, if the safeties can come down and hit somebody hard, that's worst what thing about this team right see. now, so that's what is the fact on. that seven out of ten times when the Colts walk in to the fourth quarter with a lead, I hate, and we've talked about this already. I I get heart attack. I, I feel like every time walking, like in this game uh, against the Patriots, right. And I'm not just saying about this game. Is it all these games that we've gotten a lead on? In the back of my mind, the Ravens game. You know, I'm like, oh, we've I've seen this movie before. I I don't want to see the same ending, right? We we start playing soft coverage, and I don't like that. I understand the concept for it, but I've always been the the guy of you continue to play the style of football that got you to where you're at, right? I've always been a proponent of that. And when I see our team walk into a fourth quarter with a three or more score lead and they start playing soft coverage, can't blame that on the players. They're just doing what their coach is telling them to do. And I I, I understand that that is a winning formula in the NFL, And so I understand why Matt Eberflus does it. I'm just, that's just one thing that I'm, I, I don't like about our team. I think just to kind of add on to it. I mean, what I think the worst thing about this team is, it's the fact that they beat themselves so much. And that's the only, and honestly, 
that's probably the reason why we've lost the majority of our games this year. It's not because the team in front of us is better than us. Every single time we've lost a game this year outside of the Seattle game, we had a lead on that team at one point. We just beat ourselves. The Rams game. We had a lead on the Rams going into the fourth quarter. Just we couldn't quite hold it. Obviously, Carson going out, but then Baltimore having a huge lead, hurting ourselves defensively, just couldn't do anything. Tennessee, the turnovers, just the dumb decisions late in the game hurt us and defense not being able to stop anybody. Tampa Bay, all the turnovers. Like, that's not coaching. You got to start doing a better job of taking care of the football. And, you know, it's just like how many times this season, what our record would be if we just didn't beat ourselves. Honestly, if we didn't beat ourselves in the Tampa and the Baltimore game and even the Titans game in the middle of the season, then we would have the best record in the NFL. We would look like a powerhouse and nobody would be questioning what we are as a team, but it's just because I understand what you're talking about, but at the same time, one thing you can take out of that is that every time we lost those games, it was for a different reason, right? The Colts are not doing the same thing over and over yeah. because it, yeah. it, it's something like that. Uh, uh, Stephen Holder was was saying this exact same thing uh, this morning on my show. They're not doing the same things as costing them games, and because yeah. if they were, there would be a problem, you know, and it would need to mm-hmm. be fixed. Like you said. Uh, uh, the Rams game. Obviously, Carson Wentz got hurt, and there was it, there was points left on the board. A lot of points left on mm-hmm. the board in the first quarter. Two different drives inside the uh, five yard line, first and goal. No points came out of that. Right. Uh, the Baltimore game injuries. Our depth at the secondary had issues. We were dead tired. Uh, and then ended up having to play a, a super soft zone defense against a, a Lamar Jackson. Um, the, the Titans game, obviously, you know, the two bad questionable play calls. Um, one was a questionable play call in a bad situation for Carson Wentz, and the other one was just a bad throw in overtime. Yeah. Uh, Tampa Bay, you're just too many turnovers. We shot ourselves in the foot too much that game. Right. And that wasn't just Carl. That was the whole team was having issues with turnovers at that game. So uh, it's it's never been the same thing uh, that shooting the Colts in the foot and they keep learning from their mistakes and getting better. That only what what frustrating you uh, will end up actually benefiting our team long term because they've now been through each and every one of those things this season so going into the playoffs they know that they've been in that situation and they know how to overcome that situation and i'm 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 really excited now we still got to get in the playoffs with a fifth seed but hopefully hopefully we could take care of business the next three weeks yeah absolutely all right next question here porter francis from youtube here saying can carson wentz get it done if jt can't that's funny. I'm sure. I'm sure you'll have fun answering that question because I know Cody. If he was here, he'd have some words there for that for sure. Okay, so Carson Wentz. First off, we we've already talked about it. Carson Wentz didn't have to do much in that game. His job was a decoy. 
his job was basically keep the defense honest, throw the ball occasionally, uh, make sure that they're not going to stack the box 100% of the time. Like mm-hmm. uh, uh, they were already stacking at 48%. That wasn't his job. He had a bad game. He yeah. did have a bad game, though. He threw he threw one interception. He had two other passes that very well could have been intercepted. I get it. He had a bad game. You know, Tom Brady has bad games. I'm just, I'm just putting that. Just <laughs> I'm, I'm just putting that out there. Yeah. You know, Patrick Mahomes. He had a game like that every game the first four weeks of the year. This year, right? I mean, every player has bad games, but for the most part, Carson Wentz is fine, right? He has the third best uh, interception percentage in the NFL. Mm-hmm. The third best. He only turns the ball over 1.2 times, 1.2% of his throws. All right. That's impressive. Mm-hmm. He's only been sacked. He's got the ninth best sack percentage, which is amazing considering, you know, uh, yeah. he holds the ball too long. Uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, he, he's got a strong arm. He's got a cannon. He can place that ball anywhere he needs to. He's still with a team that he's trying to learn. We talked mm-hmm. about it with T.Y. Hilton, right? Yeah. He's still got guys. He's still learning the ins and out of each guys, how how they break on routes, their, their the speed, getting their speed down, learning where to place that ball specifically for individuals like Mo Ali Cox. You know, he's he he delivered that one beautifully. Cox missed it. That was yeah. the first time I saw him throw a perfect pass for Cox. Yeah, all year, and and Cox dropped that one right. Um, it, it, it happens, but the year's moving on. He's getting better and better. In my opinion, I'd give a first and a third round pick for that guy every day, twice on Sunday, because of, of what he has brought to this team. Yeah, I mean, seriously, you're right. And it goes back again to the same argument that, I mean, this he really has not had more than half a season to figure this stuff out. He had no offseason, really. I mean, he was dealing with injuries almost the entire offseason. And he's still in his first year of dealing with this team. We're about to get into another question here soon about whether or not you would uh, trade him away or not. I mean, basically, it's, it's again, you're trying to come down to the concept of do you think he's the future guy? And it's impossible to say that in first year thinking that he has to be amazing in his first year in order to be able to say confidently you can say going forward. There's been people that are in the comments that are saying, guys, there have been multiple times this year where Carson Wentz has shown he can get the job done. That Ravens game, the Colts should have won it. And you know why they should have won it? Because of Carson Wentz. Wentz literally, with 39 seconds left on the play clock in the fourth quarter, had to go 45 yards down the field to go and get that team in a position to make a field goal to win the game. They would have gotten the points. They would have won. Game over. Gets them to where they needed to go. Field goal kicker misses it. And again, we talk about Lamar Jackson all day that that night because Lamar Jackson wins the game. 436 yards, four touchdowns, one interception. Unbelievable. Carson Wentz had 400 passing yards that game too. Two touchdowns, no interception, big zero. And also put his team in a position to win the game at the end. Just ultimately his team didn't do it. Like there's been multiple times this year where Carson Wentz has put his team in a position 
to win the ball game. They just didn't do it. And that alone should make you think that he does have the ability to do it. I just don't understand why there's so much recency bias when it comes to one game where New England potentially has the best pass defense in all the NFL and the Colts did not specifically do that for that reason. But yet everyone wants to keep saying, oh, well, I don't know about Carson now. It's like, dude, come on. Like, give me a break here. <laughs> Whatever. Uh, I, I, I'm going to ask you this one because I know you'll have fun with this. And we talked about it before. Uh, will the Cardinals run D be able to slow down Jonathan Taylor? No. No. <laughs> Just straight to the point. No, nothing. No, no way. And why no. is that? All right, so the Cardinals run D averages 4.7 yards per carry given up to offenses. Did you see what Detroit did to them this past week? Yeah. Detroit, okay? Now put Jonathan Tate. You know how many runs I watched in that game, and I'm not kidding. How many runs I was like, if that ball carrier was Jonathan Taylor, that's a house run. I saw five of those oh in that goodness. game. Five. Okay. <laughs> okay. That's 300 yards. You know, if we're looking at the same kind of run that we saw against, you know, uh, the New England. And I saw five of those runs where if that ball carrier for Detroit was Jonathan Taylor, he was gone. Now, am I saying that, that Jonathan Taylor is going to run 300 yards against there? No, no. I, I I wouldn't I wouldn't put it past him to reach or exceed what he did this past Saturday though. Hmm. You know, well, I would. He did say this morning he'd be surprised if Jonathan Taylor doesn't get near 200 yards. Yeah, against Arizona. Arizona might it, it, if Jonathan Taylor does what I expect him to do against that team, with what Tom Brady showed us yesterday. I would not be surprised if Jonathan Taylor jumps him in the MVP conversations. Okay. I get it. MVP stands for most valuable player. It should be MVQ because it's a quarterback. You know, it's most valuable quarterback, not most valuable player. I get that. Jonathan Taylor, if he stopped right now running the football, no other running back would reach anything that he's got right now. Yeah, I don't think None so. None others. None of them. And he would have offensive player of the year in the bag, right? If he stopped now, I think that he gets offensive player of the year. Yeah. I think also if he has a game like like I think he's going to have against Arizona. But here's the thing. We may have to pass against Arizona. Yeah. Yeah. Right. There there may be situations where we're going to have to pass. I'll guarantee you Arizona's going to load the box like a crazy. They, yeah. They're people too. They watch football. Yeah. That whole Arizona team this past Saturday was sitting behind their TV watching Jonathan Taylor going, oh no. Uh, so <laughs> we got him next week. <laughs> so you know, you know they're coming and, and they're going to do that. And then Kyler Murray. And I get it. Kyler Murray's not the same quarter, uh, quarterback without uh, Hopkins, meaning he's out for the season. But he's still got some really good wide receivers to throw to and a tight end uh, that they traded for this year from Philly that a lot of you Colts fans wanted. I never understood it, but whatever. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, yeah, I, I expect Jonathan Taylor. Yeah. I 
if he doesn't get at least 150 yards in that game, I'll be utterly shocked. I was going to say, yeah. I mean, I, I smell another 100-plus, at least a touchdown game for him yeah. coming. I sure, I'm sure of it, even with the adjustment. And again, like, the thing is, though, I mean, and that's the thing. New England, I'm surprised they didn't load and run more exotic blitzes even more. Because surprisingly, I mean, their secondary provides them the ability to do such things. Because you can trust that those guys in the back – more times than not are going to win their matchup. More times than not. But with Arizona, you can't necessarily say the exact same thing about their secondary. It's not bad, but it's certainly not on the level of a New England. So you'd think that there would be a few more opportunities for the Colts to take advantage of. And now that Jonathan Taylor's got the attention of everyone, you can now do a few more different things offensively throwing the Mm -hmm. football that you couldn't do against New England. So we'll see. I certainly hope Jonathan Taylor does well because, you know, if he doesn't, then, yeah, that kind of ruins the whole point of the offense right now. Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Kind of going off of that with the Arizona Cardinals, Niski Cap was saying, is confidence against Arizona up or down after their shocking and embarrassing loss to Detroit? So does... Does Arizona come into this defeated, or do they come into this with a lot of different energy? Oh, they're going to come into this game with energy. I would expect them you, – you don't lose to Detroit and then come out the next game flat. You just – you can't. Yeah. You, you cannot, right? Uh, it's just like I feel sorry for the Buffalo Bills next week, you know, because what New ha- what the Colts did to New England, New England now, you know, has to face the Bills at home. You know, so uh, I'm I'm thinking that Buffalo, you know, they're expecting a a good, good, hard fought team. Yeah, I'm expecting Arizona to to bring it to bring it now, whether they have the manpower to do what they need to do to stop the Colts. That could be something different, but I truly expect them to come out and have a different type of energy in this game than what you've seen the past couple of weeks from from the Arizona Cardinals. Gotcha. All right. So this is one of the few negative comments that we've gotten in question so far, but I kind of felt like it would be decent to ask it at least. Gregory Sear asks, is there any way we can get a replacement for Wentz next year? I never liked this trade from the start. So obviously Gregory's not a fan of Carson Wentz. Uh, What do you say to that, Mr. Owen? Hmm. Can we get a replacement for Carson Wentz next year? A replacement helmet to make sure that it's a, you know a little bit sturdier, so you know you don't get hurt. Uh, 
replacement socks. You know, I heard Carson Wentz needs some new socks to go hunting with because it gets cold <laughs> in the wintertime. <laughs> so go, go get that too. You know, uh, he might need some, you know, replacement ace bandages. Yeah, that, that, there we go. All right. Uh, no, no, seriously. Um, who would you go get? Seriously. Yeah, I mean, I'm not sell. The Colts are not in a position to trade for uh, a, 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 a a top five quarter right now. Carson Wentz is ranked as a top ten quarterback in the NFL, like it or not. Whether you like him or whether you don't, he is a top ten quarterback in the NFL right now. Okay, um, uh, and to trade for someone like that, it's going to cost one or more first round picks. Well, the Colts don't have a first round pick. Because mm-hmm. they traded for a top 10 quarterback. Right. right. Um, uh, and you're not going to draft one. There's no one in the draft this year that's even as good as Carson Wentz. Yeah. That has even the potential of what Carson Wentz is showing this year. I'm not even talking about what his potential when he was drafted. I'm talking about what he's got this year. You know? Um, uh, right now, you ride with Carson Wentz. We're locked in with him. Through next year, anyhow, you know, uh, when it comes to you know cap situation, or lo- give the guy, like you said earlier, Derek, give the guy another year. Let's see what's going on. I mean, let's face it. Okay, everything that people complain about Carson Wentz was the same things that Andrew Luck did. And these are, I'll guarantee you, Luck supporters. Okay, I'm not trashing Luck. Loved and loved Andrew Luck. I want to put that out there right now. So don't just jump on my Twitter account and be like, I heard what you said on BTJ. <laughs> uh, I've always been an Andrew Luck supporter, but let's face it, both both the guys historically held the ball, took sacks, took hits. Mm-hmm. Right? Andrew Luck was known for turnovers. Don't get me started. I mean, there was what one year where he didn't have at least 16 interceptions, right? Or yeah. something like that. I mean, come on. Yeah, he, uh, threw, he threw his interceptions. He threw his fair share. Yeah, absolutely. Other yeah. than the last year, where I think mm-hmm. he walked through thirteen or fourteen, yeah. but that was an anomaly. I mean, every yeah. other year, still threw a lot of touchdowns, but threw a lot more interceptions too. Exactly. Uh, Carson Wentz actually throws less has has a less interception ratio, even with the year. Pro- think about that. Andrew Luck, on average, threw something like sixteen interceptions a year. Carson Wentz, bad year where everybody's like, he's a turnover machine. He had 15 picks. Okay. Yeah. So think about, he led the league that year with 15 picks. Very odd that, you know, that that was the highest because generally 15 picks, that's kind of low for being the most picks in, in a season by a quarterback. Uh, no, Carson Wentz, Andrew Luck play very, very similar style football. But I, I honestly believe that Carson Wentz is more protective of the football than Andrew Luck. Now, Andrew Luck had a uh, was just more naturally gifted as a thrower. Yeah, you know he, he was very good at leading receivers and and things of that nature. That I'm not comparing the two like overall in, in their skill levels. I still think Andrew Luck was much better than what Carson Wentz is overall. But they play very similar football, and there's no one out there right now that the Colts could go get whether in trade or in the draft that could even 
come close to competing with with Carson Wentz as for the starting job. And again, like we're we're talking about it from the perspective of guys, we can't just keep doing this one year analysis BS. It's Thank become you. a toxic cancer to how people understand football. It's you do it right now, and if you don't do it right now, you suck. I want you out. You don't deserve to be in here. It's like if like look at what Tua Tagovailoa is having to deal with right now. Like you just imagine like after his first season and could only imagine not any kind of chance afterwards. People want to throw him out of the building. And now all of a sudden, even though he's not playing great, is still leading this Dolphins team to a six-game win streak right now and helping them win. Like, again, we have to stop thinking that a new quarterback in a new system, even with the pedigree of a Carson Wentz, that we have to just immediately be great. Give the guy an offseason for criminy's sake. He had one offseason and half of the offseason he wasn't even able to do anything because of his injuries. I'm almost certain he's not going to do it again. I'm almost certain. Thankfully, the injury he had this offseason, that's done and over with with the surgery. So we won't have to worry about the same injury ever again with that. And he's got a second foot. Nelson's sake, we don't have to deal with him for that either because he had the same thing. So it's just, again, we, we, we're, we're thinking too much in the moment here, guys. This guy still has a, has almost 30 touchdowns and has only six interceptions, has thrown for 3,000 yards, is completing 63% of his passes, and is not costing us games other than the one time. I mean, that's it. I think Name a quarterback that hasn't cost their team a game this year. A.K.A. Right. like what we just saw yesterday. You think Tom Brady's uh, uh, at, not at fault for what happened? I mean, I know I know that a lot of their players got hurt, but that's supposed to be the GOAT, right? I mean, that's supposed to be the GOAT. You're supposed to be better than that. Tom Brady had problems that game. His receivers had problems that game, too. And I'm not uh, – his receivers were dropping footballs before they got hurt. Right. Uh, but it was also Tom Brady. Tom Brady's had bad games besides just the last pass bad game. Okay. Right. You know, you see bad games from everyone, you know, Patrick Mahomes and, and Lamar Jackson and Josh Allen. And, you know, uh, even, even the great Aaron Rodgers, who leads right now in MVP voting and was the former MVP of the NFL last year. He's had bad games. Right, every quarterback does. You can't be perfect every stinking game. You just got to be able to win the majority of the time, and Carson Wentz does that. So, if you're wanting to replace something, Christmas is coming up. Feel free to send him some camouflage socks. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, next question from Josh here: If Blankenship is healthy, do you put him back in at the starting role? Unless there's something going on that I don't know about, I would. Okay? I'm not behind the scenes. I don't know what's going on. I don't know if maybe he had a setback. I don't know if there's issues between him and the coaching. I don't think there is. I don't think – I think he's good. I think he's been good to go for the last three weeks. I think I remember a press conference where Frank Reich was like, you know what? We could pull him off IR right now. He says he's doing well. His hip's doing great. We could pull him off, but Michael Badgley's playing great. We might as well just go ahead and ride with the hot foot instead of the hot hand. You know, it's the hot foot. 
Badgley is not the hot foot no more. Okay, the past two games, he's 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 had questionable. He got saved on that field goal, right? He got saved on one of those field goals the last game because of offsides, if I remember right. And he got to re-kick it and made it, you know. Um, and he missed the other one. Um, so, in my opinion, I would put Hot Rod in. Hot Rod is before the injury. He was kicking 65-yard field goals right down the gut. Uh, what we were seeing in, in, in training camp and preseason, you know, pregame stuff, that kind of thing. I would like to know what's going on. Did the hip surgery and then the injury uh, mess him up? If it did, then maybe not. I, I don't know. I'm not behind the scenes. But I'm just going by if he's healthy and like he was before injury. I would rather have Blankenship in there right now over Badgley. Gotcha. All right. That's an interesting take. Okay, so two more here, and then we'll be done with them. Jeff Stein asking, do the Colts need to re-examine the tight end position, and will Chris Ballard finally spend money to fill any part of the roster on the offense? Okay. Re-examine the tight end position. Now, Jack Doyle's still playing very good football. I understand he's over, he's on the wrong side of 30. I get that. But he's still playing very good football for his age. Uh, Kylan Granson's a rookie and getting better and better as the season goes on. So obviously you don't move on from there. Mo Ali Cox is a phenomenal blocker. Where's he been in the passing game? I love me some Mo Ali Cox. Don't get me wrong. I love the Big Mac. But I'm seeing him drop passes, okay, when the passes that he should be making. Yes. And it's making me a little uncomfortable. Do we move on from Mo Alley Cox this offseason? It's a possibility. Uh, I would not be shocked if it happens. Now, that could change between now and the postseason. Maybe Moai Cox fixes whatever it is that's going on, whether it's a head thing or a hands thing. I don't know what it is. Maybe he fixes that. Him and Carson starts getting on a little bit of a tear. And next thing you know, it's like a Brady to Gronkowski type situation through the playoffs. If that happens, then there won't be probably any changes this offseason to the tight end position. But otherwise, I would not be surprised if Indy moves on from Mo Cox. As good as a blocker as he is, we don't need three good blocking tight ends. We do need good overall tight ends as well. So, um, and does Chris Ballard spend money this offseason for a wide receiver? Was that a question? Uh, yet for this offseason, does he spend any kind of money to add to the roster? To add to the roster? Well, he's going to have to add to the roster. I think we have 26 players currently that are on our roster right now that will be on our roster next year. The rest of them, all their contracts end. All right. So you think about 26. So that's. 27 players he's going to have to sign for the 53, not to mention all the guys all the way up to 90-man roster, right? Got like, what, 56 million or 60 million or something like that in cap space. That's not a lot of money to work with. But 
there will be some freed up cash. Does T.Y. Hilton come back? No. If not, that's $10 million. What are we doing with Xavier Rhodes? Yes, no. We're looking, you know, another eight million bucks. You know, there there will be some money that's freed up if they don't bring certain people back. I think that there's a possibility he could get not a top five player at a position, but maybe a top ten player at a position. Okay. Whether it be a cornerback, whether it be a wide receiver, something of that nature to add to the roster. But you figure he's probably going to want to extend Quentin Nelson next year. Uh, I, uh, I get you. He'll, he'll have his fifth year option. He'll be playing on next year, but generally just like with Ryan Kelly, they, ex, they gave him that fifth year. Uh, they, ex, they gave him the fifth year option and then they extended him during that year. So I expect the same thing with Quentin Nelson. Uh, and that's going to be a big fat wad of cash. Uh, I mean, huge, uh, do, do the Colts keep Eric Fisher? You know? Yeah, right. Uh, Eric Fisher at $10 million. In my opinion, he's worth $10 million bucks. Okay? Uh, he's because a a good top 10 left tackle in the NFL, you're looking at $15 million. Okay? Gotcha. So, and, and there's not a whole lot of those out there. You go look, left tackles right now having problems. Okay? All of them are. Uh, for the most part, I think Fisher's doing okay. He's an absolute stud in the run game, um, but he has issues versus speed speed rushers. Uh, I have noticed that, and I mean everybody has noticed that. But for the most part, I think there's a good possibility Eric Fisher could be re-signed next year, and I would not be opposed to it. I would not be opposed to it unless something opens up where you know one of the fifteen million dollar guys open. I wouldn't want to put twenty million dollars. And look how the Colts are already spending more than anyone else in the NFL on the offensive line, right? And that's not including Quentin Nelson. So. Right, right. And then if you go out and spend 20, 15, 20 million dollars on a left tackle, crap, you know, yeah. and you're not going to draft a starting left tackle in the second round of this no. year's draft. You're just not going to, yeah. right? So, um, I expect. I expect them to re-sign Fisher this this past offseason. They could go out and get a wide receiver or maybe a cornerback, but I, I don't think it'll be a top five guy. Gotcha. All right, last one here. So from Robert Holbrook here, is next week a must-win considering what happened Saturday or being is, it is out of conference, can the Colts afford to lose this game? Yes, the Colts can afford to lose this game. Um, it is out of conference. It doesn't count nearly as much. The last two games, way more important, right? Raiders, Jaguars, got to win those games. Yes. Uh, No matter what happens, whether we win or lose against the Cardinals, we have to win against the Raiders. We have to win against the Jaguars. Yes. But overall standings, if we have any shot, at winning our division. And there's still a shot. The Colts have to win out. The Colts yeah. have to win out. And the Titans have to lose all but one of their games. Yeah. Um, right. And and honestly, you don't want to lose against the Cardinals because of it being a primetime Christmas game. The entire world will be watching. 
just like they were on the Patriots game. You yes. want to put back-to-back primetime games on the national stage and go out there and prove to the world back-to-back against two of the best teams in the NFL right now and show them the Colt should be mentioned with them. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, 100% agree with you. Yeah, I mean, it, we, we can afford to lose this, but for sake of national respect for once, for once in this small market team's life, can finally get that freaking respect that it used to get when the Manning era was around if they win this game back-to-back, two of the best teams in the NFL, you do it again both times, then, yeah, it would work. Well, you know, I just want to say something real quick. There's a lot of people out there that talk about, well, I want to keep the Colts as an under-the-radar team. I get that. I understand that. But that's only under the radar with other fans. It's not under the radar with coaches. Coaches watch film. They see games. They know yeah, what a right. thing is, is like. So so being, you know, under the radar only works for fans, okay? And But national respect is what gets you more primetime games, right? Which gets you more events, which gets the team more products to sell. I hate to say it. National respect gets you bandwagon fans. Bandwagon fans spend money on merchandise, which helps out the team, helps out uh, the, the the local area and, and things of that nature. So national respect, winning on a national level and gaining that respect is a huge deal. Yep, 100%. Yep, the Colts, the Colts if they want some national respect on that, they're going to have to come out and perform Saturday. We certainly hope they will. All right. That's going to do it for this one, guys. Uh, this was one part of the Q&A. Uh, maybe we'll do another one of these towards the end of the year. But uh, thank you guys again for the continued support. Shout out to my guy, Lawrence Owen, a.k.a. Colts Law. Be sure to check him out on YouTube. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. And as always, go Colts. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.